0: you Would be surprised to know that some of the most successful women of our time face challenges just like you and I do? Hi, I'm Amber. And I'm Lisa. We're authors of the book, Leading Ladies, Discover Your God-Grown
1: Strategy for Success. We invite you to join us in an honest, messy bun conversation about the things we'd rather keep hidden in our lives. Some of those things can keep us from moving forward in purpose. So grab a cup of something delicious, kick off your shoes, and hang out with us for the next 30 minutes. Thank you guys for joining us today for another Coffee Chat. We have Sheree Denna, one of our contributors. Sheree is one of the lovely contributors that we've got to chat with a
0: few times. Her chapter was titled, Let Grit Move You to Greater Things, and how God takes that grit and exchanges it for some God sparkle and changes up our story so it's great to be here with you this morning and people are in for a treat <laughs> it's good to have you with us Sheree. thank you so much for joining oh, us
1: we need to send
0: glitter to throw next word in your day <laughs> a little glitter some people are opposed to glitter oh yeah I'm not a blingy person right yeah.
1: I have I once we're just talking about Sheree being the nomad of the book. It can go anywhere. She is a person who, and maybe what you've grown out of biker culture that kind of makes you a traveling woman. The traveling
0: woman, yeah, yeah, they're a bunch of nomads. That's for sure. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I
1: we were joking that Cher- we could probably go through Europe with a backpack, a toothbrush, a change of clothes and probably a bottle of
0: water and um, at least gps right yes <laughs> <GPS laughs> health.
1: and Is then i said
0: i can go know? with her if she would just push me in a wheelchair and then amber <laughs> to, got on and said no we're just gonna get a wagon we're gonna a get a gypsy, gypsy wagon wagon for all of us to travel because <laughs> we all need a little gypsy wagon yep. no.
1: yes yes i love to read that you were so willing to be a part of the project. She has an amazing story. It's a little bit
0: about what you were born into. My mom and dad married at a very young age. My mom came pregnant with me and she's from a, a, a Sicilian organized crime family. And so becoming pregnant out of wedlock by a man who lived literally on the other side of the tracks and was considered a bum, she instantly shamed the family and was outcast from the family. And my grandmother was ready to send my mom to get an abortion at this girl's school where they performed backroom abortions. And my father rescued me, rescued her, and they eloped. And he took my mom to Georgia, where he enlisted in the army. So that kind of was the beginning. But my father did get mixed up with the Oakland Hells Angels. And that's where he was born and raised in Oakland or Alameda, but he hung out in Oakland. So we had the biker element as well as my mom's mafia family. So when I was a little girl, we had all these bikers in the house. This was in the 60s. And the San Francisco Bay Area here in California, there's Haight-Ashbury. It was during the Vietnam War. There was a lot going on here. Yes. And there were biker wars. And that was all launched from our living room, our garage. Yeah. And so we had all these clubs and my little sister and I, we were around all this and it was scary. There was a lot of scary stuff going on. There was weapons everywhere. There was people overdosing on drugs. There was violence. Then a very dangerous man entered my mom's life. Mom and dad divorced because he was violent. And another one came into her life through the bikers, married her, and sexually molested my sister and I for seven years. And so there was just a lot of trauma. Growing up a lot of trauma and it just continued because of the mafia. By the time I hit 17, I knew I had to get out of there or I was going to lose my life just by nature of the world I lived in. And I do believe God provided a way out and I left and wow. met my soon to be first husband and I moved a couple of hours away, but at least I was out of that element that Wow. So, so from early on, you were surrounded by just a mentality, a mindset of just constant fight to stay on top. It sounds like. Yes. The people that were around you within your household. You say in the beginning of your chapter, you make mention that your earliest memory. You were just in survival instinct at all times. Yeah, there was fear everywhere. I lived in fear. And my sister and I lived in fear, whether it was the the violence going on, not understanding what was going on with these people overdosing on our couch, or the fear of our stepfather who beat us regularly when our mother. Yeah, so I was always in survival mode, but I always was looking for good. I was always drawn to goodness. And I found that through friends in school and their families. And I knew there was goodness in the world. Somehow, it was a safer place for me. And I did well in school. You must
1: have dealt for a long time feeling your mother didn't really seek to protect you very much. And that must be a hard thing to come
0: against. That. Reality didn't really hit me until I was in my teen years. And I just knew I had to find a safer place. So my real father resurfaced in my life when I was in junior high school. So I went to live with him. I went from the frying pan into the fire. and he was a drug dealer and still associated with all the clubs and just was bad. So went back to my mom's, and then I went to my uncle's, and he was not a safe man either. I just couldn't find a safe haven. It really hit me as far as looking at those years when I was under the care of my mom. It wasn't until I began writing my story, and I was looking at everything, that it really hit me how she wasn't a protector. I began to grieve. I was looking at it through a magnifying glass. That was very hard. It's very yeah. hard. But I'm interested to know, just in you telling this story now, when did you come to Christ? It sounds like you were just surrounded on all sides. You said you looked for goodness. You recognized it when it happened to you. I can liken that to my story a little bit in that I didn't have a home that talked about Jesus. I didn't have to deal with the things you dealt with, but I do understand what it's like to be looking for goodness. And ultimately, I believe our soul is looking for that relationship with God. Um, How did you find him being surrounded on all sides by the lifestyle you were brought up in? There were seeds planted, faith seeds planted. We prayed at home. My mom used to threaten to send me to Catholic school. If you don't shape up, I'm going to send you off to girls' Catholic school. I'm like, oh no. So I thought God was a punisher, right? Love of Jesus? What? I never heard that. But I had met a Christian friend, her family, her mom and dad were Christian, and they were so peaceful, very loving peaceful home. But it wasn't until I was 27 that I came to Christ. And my best friend from high school, Monica, she was just here. I was hoping you'd get to meet her. She was just here. She came up last night from San Jose and joined me for dinner last night and spent the night here. But anyway, so in high school, she has quite a story too. She dropped out of high school got married, had a baby, came back and was this changed person and had all this joy. And she invited me to a women's retreat and I, oh, she's just a Jesus freak. I just, no, I can't do that. That's too much for me. (laughs) And so I declined her invitations to go to this women's retreat for three years. I declined her invitations and Then I had finally hit a point in my life, the PTSD. At that time, we didn't even know what PTSD was. I was having homicidal thoughts. I had anger, like off the charts, rage, all this stuff bubbling up from my soul. And I thought I was just losing my mind and I didn't know what to do. And I just remembered if there's anything real and this, faith, I need to see for myself and I need to check it out. I don't have anything else. And I went to that women's retreat with her and accepted Christ and the peace. The Lord knows exactly what we need. Some people are infused with immediate joy. Some people like me are infused with immediate peace. And I never felt anything like that in life. And I just knew it was real. I would imagine that was life-changing, going from the constant of the fear in your home, uh, the instability that had to have been such a paradigm shift for you to embrace. But when God literally comes in and gives you the very thing that you have lacked, all of those years and washes into you in such a supernatural way. A lot of times people really don't get why, especially people who don't know Jesus, they don't get why we're so emphatic about, let me just tell you about him. Let me just tell you about his goodness because they have not had that shift. And when they have that shift, it blows their mind as well. In your chapter, you talk about just having that survival instinct and this gritty faith. So I want you to tell us a little bit about what God did once you met Him. How did that gritty faith play out to bring you into just walking in the fullness of everything He had created you for from the very beginning? For one there was a lot of spiritual warfare to me did everything he could to keep me in the darkness and keep me from walking in the light of christ and fortunately i recognized his tactics because my mother was into the occult from the moment i received christ in those early years i could recognize the darkness from light, what was of God and what wasn't. And that is just a gift of the Lord. But with my mental health issues, it was a real struggle to uh, be able to sort out what was coming from my mind versus what wasn't. If that makes sense. About that time I was trying to start a family. And that was the first Real thing that I surrender to God because I was infertile. My father, the sexual abuse that I endured, he caused this these issues in my body. And so I knew it was only by the power of Holy Spirit that I was going to become a mother. Wow. And I trusted him with everything in me. That he would heal me and bless me with a child. But I wanted to please God. And I guess as the oldest one, the oldest child, always trying to prove to my mother, prove to my father that I was a good girl, get good grades, do your best. I was trying to do the same thing for God. And I realized my works are not what pleases God. It's our heart and where our heart is. But the grittiness came with that fight, knowing and believing. I instantly had this 100% belief in everything that God said in his word. I did not doubt a thing. I just wanted to see it come alive in my life. And I held on to his word. I was not being discipled. I I did not understand what that was. I didn't have anyone holding my hand or guiding me in that way. And that was a big mistake. (laughs) Not getting plugged into a community of believers, just flailing around on my own with an unbelieving husband. Wow. So it was very gritty. And I had to just keep remembering what I experienced. It literally was a mountaintop experience. And I led my sister to Christ the following year after I came to Christ, and I saw what He did with her. And her story is is very sad, but it's still a powerful witness to God's love. Yeah, I I love
1: that because having that mental health issue as well of your feelings versus what you know about truth and what you know about the God you serve. And that's one of the things that kind of gravitated me towards the Romans 4.17. That declaration is, when everything is hopeless, believe anyway. Believe that God is who He says He is. You are who God says you are. The glitter in this is honestly... God is who he says he is, Men, His promises are true. Yes, His love for you is true. His purpose for you is true. And yes. he wants you to be released. And it's really not about what we do. It's who we are in him. Yes. We have to fight through the grit to yes. see it is repurposed in us and believe. Even when we feel hopeless, even when we have those hopeless thoughts now, it's that pull. I call it pit bull perseverance. Like you hold on to faith like yes.
0: a pit with locked
1: jaws, right?
0: Yes. I would always look at it like I was clinging to the hem of his garment, clinging. I was always like, why? Yeah am I having to hang on so tight? Why doesn't everyone have to hang on so as tight as I have to hang on? Why does it appear so easy for so many Christians? And I didn't understand that. But thank God he gave me that. And I always, I would always turn back to God is always working behind the scenes. Yeah. Always behind the scenes. I have never regretted holding on to God tightly. Nope. We may I have can, we sorry. may have struggles with let's also be honest sometimes there are elements of doubt or we question we wonder why things happen the way they do or let's even put it this way sometimes we struggle with some of the hard teachings in his word and we look at these things and we may struggle with things like that but something you can never ever take away from someone who has really fully entrusted their life with Jesus is their experience with him. I will never be able to deny who he is to me. And I can tell you things that he and I have walked through together. That is what I cling to with everything I've got. Everything else might be shaky. Everything else might be dim, but I cannot deny that real life exchange. When you are living in darkness, And I know that's a really dramatic way to put it, but in your instance, Cherie, you really were in a life of darkness and the light comes on, everything is truly different. The amazing part about Jesus and our experience with him is no matter what our story, how dim the vision was before, when he comes into our life, it rocks our world and changes our very perspective about why we're here, what we're about. And all of a sudden we're on this adventurous journey and we're starting to recognize there's more out there yeah. than what I originally saw. And yes. I am thanking him for that revelation in your light and thanking him that you are able to share with so many women your story. I understand that you have a memoir, a book coming out. How soon will that be coming out? Yes. With Bold Vision Books, the title is Beloved Outcast, The Quest for True Belonging. Wow. And it's supposed to come out this fall. I don't have a definite release date yet, but that's what we're shooting for. And so it's been a long time coming, this project. I've worked on this book for a lot of years. And I had to rewrite it. God wanted me to rewrite it. And at first, the story didn't have an element of God in it. And so it started before you knew Him. (laughs) And that changed all the perspective.
1: Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And just everything else He had for me to walk through and grow in with Him changed. And the very first scripture that, I was given was Jeremiah 29:11 and it's a very common it's a very common scripture in the bible for us Christians and but what really hit me about that I know the plans I have for you declares the word plans for good not for evil plans for future and the hope you know I went wow really okay I'm on board I'm all in I want to see the good I want to live, I don't want to live in fear anymore. So I don't, so I held on to that and I had that on my walls, literally. I had that scripture painted on my wall so I could see it and read it every day. Cherie, what would you say to a woman that might be listening right now? What would you say to them about that uh, place that they're in where maybe they haven't experienced? that hope in that future. What could you say to them right now to encourage them? I would say that no matter where you are, what you have done or what has been done to you, God is there. God is near you. God is with you. He sees you and he hears you. Just open your heart to him. Even if you don't have the belief yet, open your heart to him. He may be pursuing you in a way that you don't quite see, and just open your heart. Just say these words, Lord Jesus, I'm opening my heart to you. Show me you're real.
1: Yeah, yes, that I love that. One of the things that I've really been blessed by is Suri keeps putting this up on my wall. Luke one forty five. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Yeah. So when everything is hopeless, believe anyway, and yes. the Lord will fulfill his promises
0: to you. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's, Amen. it's pretty remarkable. Hope. Yes, <laughs> we, we just love that you spent this time with us this morning, Cherie. I'm so grateful for your input in the book. I believe that women's lives are going to be transformed by your story. So much goodness in this book, and I cannot wait for your book to come out. I'm so happier with Bold Vision because we love Bold Vision. But great people, I know, I know, right? So we want to thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for taking this time with us on a Saturday, and it's just been a really good conversation, Amber. I know that we've been busy planning all sorts of good things. Do you have anything you want to say to our ladies before we sign off? Lisa is getting ready to work on our audiobook.
1: I'm so thankful. She has some really amazing things in the format. It's of happening. Wow. And Lisa gets to use her actress skills, her vocal talent. You know what? When God gives you a talent, he's going to use it again and again. And yes, boil it out. So we're thankful about that. We're getting ready for an event up in Kansas City, the first stop of the Leading Ladies caffeinated coffee house tour 2023. So we're excited about that. We're I love it. Of our leading ladies live in person that you can actually get their autographs. <laughs> you can get our autographs. To <laughs> so just show up for that because just show up for that alone, <laughs>
0: that and the coffee. And coffee I thought it was funny. I said, what do we call this thing? And she said, I think we call it the Leading Ladies Caffeinated Book Tour.
1: So we have some exciting things happening. If you haven't received your book yet, we would love for you to get a <laughs> copy. I'm not floating my own boat. These women in here, they will inspire you. There'll be some story in here, some woman, that you'll say, this is me. I'm more than one story. So we're talking about a whole bunch of things. We're talking about Bible studies, our journal. So we're really excited about all this coming down because God's getting ready to explode something. We're just along for the ride. Thank you guys for joining us today. And as always, check us out, leadingladies.life. Join our VIP list. Get Michaela's beautiful song. So thank you, guys. Take care. Love you, ladies.